Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit national gambling support line 800-522-4700. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. A quarter of a mile left to travel. Chuckanut Bay with the lead by a half length over the favored running out of days in second. Third place, Gold Rush Jr., but eight lengths off the pace. And then it's Withy in fourth. Looks like a, still a struggle here between Chuckanut Bay and running out of days. Running out of days slightly behind Chuckanut Bay. 16th to go. Chuckanut Bay outside. Running out of days along the inside. Neither one wanting to lose. It's Chuckanut Bay. Chuckanut Bay defeats running out of days. That was the stretch run of the Washington Cup Colt and Gelding Juvenile Sprint last Sunday at Emerald Downs. And a little controversy when there's a long inquiry, and even more so sometimes when there is a uh, reverse in the order of finish, official reverse. So we'll talk about that race on Horse Racing Northwest and much more. Joe Withy, Vince Brune, and Bill Downs. And Vince, uh, Bill's going to join us in a moment, but uh, we've got a new distance coming at the track. And I know you're going to talk a little bit more about that in our third segment. We do. Mile and 70 yards, which is kind of halfway between the mile we're used to and the mile and the 16th. We also have a mile and the 16th race on Sunday. But uh, yeah, race five uh, Friday night is a mile and 70. They've got all the infrastructure in place with the timing and so forth. And then Sunday, race eight, listen to this field going a mile and 70 yards, uh, $31,000 allowance from the rail out. Complicate, he won kind of what would be called the mile consolation. Mm-hmm. El Alto Hombre, hard to deny. Top executive, slews his whiz, the mile winner, five-star general, third in the mile, House of Lords and Spit and Image. Wow. So that's a rock-solid field of eight going one mile and 70 yards in Sunday's eighth race. That is great. And then two weeks after that, we'll have the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic. And uh, we figure to see a few of those back in that race as well. Correct. Um, yeah. And that mile and 70, uh, 
we just have had trouble uh, getting uh, trainers to enter at a mile and a 16th the last few years. Uh, they like a mile more, so we compromised a little bit, and uh, we'll see if this works out. Yeah, it's funny. The The final three races on Sunday is the seventh race is a mile and a 16th. That's a pretty good $10,000 claimer. The eighth race, a mile and 70, and then we finish out race nine at a mile. So yeah. three, three different route distances uh in the late pick three on sunday that is pretty unique for the last several seasons in mm -hmm. downs right there okay frank lucarelli is going to join us the track's all-time leading trainer in wins and earnings and seven training titles here as well uh frank is uh always a, a good guest to have on and uh, if he doesn't show up on the phone then vince you can imitate him uh for a, a few sound bites there yeah frank uh <laughs> Frank is one of the, uh, not only a great trainer, but one of the good guys in the sport, too. Always enjoy running into Frank uh, for morning training or whatever, yeah. just at any event. To, uh, he's, he's, he's just a very solid individual. You betcha. Okay, two Friday nights remaining is all at Emerald Downs. Uh, uh, Friday night coming up, September 2nd, and then Friday night, September 9th. We won't run on Friday night on the 16th of September. That'll be a Saturday-Sunday weekend to close it out. And uh, Vince, you know, these leaders in the in the human categories are kind of uh, emerging here as a very strong possible leaders in the owner, jockey, and trainer standings. Yeah, Alex Cruz, who set an Emerald Downs career high last week when he got a 76th win, hit 700 career mark uh, he's got a little bit of a lead over kevin radke with one Gutierrez right there in third but alex looks like you know he rides so many races too and rides hard he's a pretty good bet george rosales 10 yeah. 10 win lead 10 win Cruz, lead yeah. george rosales i think it's 33 to 26 he's leading by seven, seven. Right. but that uh DQ you referred to was interesting because that involved Blaine Wright and George Rosales with uh, running out yeah. of days and, and chucking at uh, bay. Even with the, the DQ, uh, George still had a three-win day on Sunday. Uh, as far as owners go, uh, John Parker, now it's 22, I believe, to eight over uh, Paddock Partners. Mm-hmm. And John got a nice stakes win with Annette Marie, and that was significant. And that's the first stakes win for Gold Rush Dancer, who's, boy, those Gold Rush Dancers, we're going to have to start taking those pretty seriously right. when we see them show up in these main specials. That's four wins as a sire for him. So that's not easy to do, make a sire. You've heard me say that. And I'm always like, boy, I admire you for trying because you got to come up with mares and it's it can be a money pit trying to make it happen. And John has stepped up and so far the results are encouraging. He has stepped up in so many areas. John Parker with his generosity and supporting racing here and and running horses. He wants to be the leading owner, but uh, that can be expensive sometimes with as many claims as he's had. But uh, some really good rewards last weekend with Annette Marie taking the Washington Cup Philly Sprint and uh, also Prospera winning on Saturday night. A nice purse there, too. She's won three in a row. and I, Yeah, she, and uh, she's really sharp yeah. right now is the word I would use. That horse, it's just uh, great guns. Okay, um, and then uh, we did have that DQ last Sunday in the Washington Cup, running out of days and Chuckanut Bay and... Um, you know, uh, those things are close. You know, the stewards are paid to make decisions. I 
I felt that it probably should have been no change from my point of view. Um, they came down the stretch together. There was, I thought the first bumping was pretty mutual. The second bumping may be initiated by Chuckanut Bay. Yes, it was. But it wasn't a bump that knocked running out of days off stride or hurt his action or said, you know, we're taking you out of this race right now. Mm-hmm. And they're two-year-olds on top of that. Something you mentioned after the races Sunday night, too, that uh, running out of days did have, uh, you know, two furlongs pretty much to to get in front of Chucking Up Bay, and he, and he really failed to do that. So I don't think I would have made a change there. I don't know. Do you have an opinion on there? Yeah, I thought it was a great race. In fact, there were 13 clear of the show 13. horse to show you how much yeah. they dominated. And I think the buyers both came back if you are big on those things, 65, which is a really good mark mm-hmm. for a two-year-old. And they both ran superb. And yeah, you know, it's a cliche. I hate to see someone have to lose, but I really did. I, yeah. I, first of all, I always, you know, I think, boy, if, if you've ever been involved with a horse and you see your number blinking out there, that is a tense time uh, for an owner. Even as, you know, if you bet on the horse, that's, that's, those are agonizing. And I've always thought if, if, if you really have to think about it long and hard, maybe you should just leave it alone. And I thought that was kind of the case there. You you, you said it, you know, Chuckanut Bay, there was come in a little bit. I mm-hmm. thought it was minor. And uh, I thought maybe the best horse had won. Um, it's not, I don't think it was an egregious call or anything like that. I just thought it was unfortunate. Yeah. And um, Cruz was using the right hand for a couple of strides back uh, around the 16th hole and before. And um, maybe the stewards felt that the right hand uh, caused him to come in and that, you know, but in the end, a two-year-old bump, I just didn't think it was enough for a DQ. But again, uh, they can make a case as well. So when it's that close at the finish, yeah, right? And we you're had, looking for anything. We had two of them last week. We began on Friday night's yeah. first race. That race we had talked about was so good from yeah. top to bottom. Missed the boat, ran uh, uh, another great race, but unfortunately he came in going into the first turn and fouled Pistol Power, who in turn came in on Mixo and, and was disqualified and placed last, which is tough for a horse that ran that well. But that one I thought they got right. I did too. Um, you know, missed the boat, was running so well out of the gate and into that turn. I just felt Juan got fooled a little bit. Juan Gutierrez on missed the boat. I, I felt that, you know, he was in front and I his horse was going so well. I, he just sort of maybe assumed a few percent yeah. too much that I'm clear. And, and then he looked over and he wasn't. I mean, he yeah. there was horses there. So Yeah, that, that was a tough one because yeah. he, he was the best horse in there. But yeah, that, that one, he had to come down, I thought. Okay, well, uh, that's the stewards earned their money last week here at Emerald Downs. Uh, how about some weekly honors last week, Vince? Yeah, okay. Um, well, we just mentioned Alex Cruz. He, he's one of those guys who could probably win it every week. He's just so about. consistent. Another six wins for him. Trainer, how about Sergio Perez? He yeah. is really coming on. Uh, he had another double on Saturday. That's twice in the last three weeks. Uh, Sergio Perez has had a two-win day, and he owns most of the horses he trains, too, so... Congratulations, Sergio, doing a great job. Owner, Rema Racing, that's Howard Hammer. Uh, we've talked about him, the uh, lumber baron from up about around Stanwood. 
And he still had three wins, even with the DQ, DQ. with chucking at base. Yeah. So, you know, it's still a big week for him. And the Washington bread goes to Annette Marie, owned and bred by John Parker, Gold Rush Dancer, siring his first stakes winner. First stakes winner for Gold Rush Dancer. And uh, news and notes at emeralddowns.com. They went up this morning awesome. or this afternoon. Yep. Okay. Check out news and notes at emeralddowns.com. Our website, go to racing. No. You go to uh, news, news, right? And, and yeah, click on news and notes. And go to news, there. click on news and notes, right? Just a lot of great stuff updated there. Okay, that's our first segment. We're going to come back with trainer Frank Lucarelli when we return on Horse Racing Northwest. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password and you're off to the races. A few 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit a national gambling support line 800-522-4700. As they come to the top of the stretch, it is wide open, turning for home. And now on the outside, Vistraya, the Canadian, goes on with Mach 1 rules. Barkley's angling off the fence. He has a clear path to come. It is Mach 1 rules and Vistraya. Barkley is third and struggling. He will not get the job done. And Mach 1 rules with a 16th to go. Leads by a length and a half from Vistraya. Another big win from Mach 1 rules. And Isaiah Enriquez, they win the Mount Rainier Stakes. That was Mach 1 Rules, the Washington Horse of the Year in 2017. He was also champion two-year-old of 2015, going undefeated four for four. He didn't run bad as a three-year-old either. He lost a few photos there to Barkley, but he got his revenge in 2017 and was one of the top horses in Washington Emerald Downs history. Uh, and he was trained by our guest here on Horse Racing Northwest, Frank Lucarelli. Frank, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good to have you on, Frank. And uh, Mach 1 Rules uh, got to have a little special spot in your in your heart. Yeah, he was a good horse and, uh, you know, real professional. He ran, he ran short and he ran long. Um, he could be up on the pace or right off it. I mean, you get some of those horses once in a while you don't get a lot of them or at least i don't but uh there's there's not you know you get a lot of them that oh they're really good sprint they're not as good route and you got they're really good if they get near the lead but he could adjust to the race and he was uh he was a pretty pretty amazing horse he was and you know frank uh vince you probably remember he opted to run him in a sprint stake on closing day and he won that of course four for four but he could have run him in the Gottstein and uh, uh, you hadn't routed him yet not second guessing because you had an undefeated two-year-old there but do you ever look back and say hey we could have got more little more money in the Gottstein you know I don't really because um, I'm I'm one of those that uh, you know I felt like that the sprint was 
uh, a purse we would definitely get, and the route was still unknown, even mm-hmm. though I was pretty confident he'd route and run on fine. But you know, I'll always, I'll always pick to be three to five if I can. There you go. Frank Lucarelli has done some things here at Emerald Downs, Vince. Well, yeah, he's number mm-hmm. one all time in wins and earnings, getting up there in uh, stakes, stakes, number two all time, yeah. and. Uh, yeah, he's always right there. Frank, you and Roy Schaefer, you guys had a nice winner with Mr. Stang the other day, be it a really tough field. And how would you assess the, how the 22 meet has gone for you here at Emerald Downs? Oh, it's been okay. I mean, you know, I don't think you'll talk to any trainer that I don't care what their win percentage is or how many stakes they've won doesn't think they could have done better or had a better meet. And, and uh, you know, I – we take what we get and, and we try to win, win them all. But, um, you know, I, I would love to have had a few more wins and, uh, and, uh, but you know, it, we come into every meet and we just try to grind through them and, and get through them the best we can and place our horse the best we can and hope for some positive outcomes. And we've, we've done okay. I mean, I would like to have had a better year, but it is what it is. Yeah, uh, that's well said. Uh, there's always a couple of spots there where uh, you might have second-guessed yourself or a uh, sure. bad, bad break or, you know, circumstances. Frank, there's, there's, uh, Our game is a lot of second-guessing, at least for me. <laughs> I don't know about everybody else, but I can, you know, I go into a race and something works good. I try to emulate it, and if it doesn't, I try and change, and then I look back and hope I emulated it because the horse just won easy. <laughs> you go back and forth and then you start, then you run second and think maybe I should have done this. So, I mean, it's uh you can pull your hair out if you get too crazy over it, but uh, you just go into each one and try to try to have a game plan for each, each race you run and hope it works. Very good. Uh, you've won uh, several two-year-old races at the meeting and uh, you're coming in, uh, you're just behind Tim McKenna in that category. Most two-year-old wins at Emerald Downs. You're closing in quickly on him. Uh, you've got plans for the Gottstein this year? Yeah, I've got three horses going to run in the Gottstein as of now. Uh, they all worked last weekend. I've got uh, It's Turbo, who just won the last stake mm-hmm. um, for Roy Schaefer. And I've got um, JC's a legend for... Mm-hmm. Uh, Dino and Aaron Bresco, um, and uh, he he got beat a, a head and and about a length in the last stake and ran third. It's only his second out of his career, so he is a maiden, but he's um, he should enjoy the stretch out. But and then I've got uh, Deshambo who had a horrible start. Actually, he breaks with a blanket on his back, and the blanket slipped down. And he was standing on it, and he kind of got away pretty crummy and certainly didn't run his race was actually the favorite in that race yeah. so he's rallied back and doing really well so we're gonna give them all three another shot very good yeah yeah the the godstein futurity uh coming up on closing day of course uh september 18th it's turbo coming up the rail to take that wtboa lads and jc's a legend ran a big race uh Chuckanut Bay got him by a head at the wire, a close third for JC's a legend, and DeChambeau was right. one of our early two-year-old winners. So, uh, what about this year's sale? Did you uh, did you buy a couple with uh, your varied clients that you have? Yeah, we bought a few, well, not Good. quite as many as I may have wanted to, but uh, Roy Schaefer Rev Racing bought uh, 
um, one horse and then one that we're partners with. And then um, about another uh, filly in the sale that Sergeant Stables bought, Dan Sergeant mm-hmm. and uh, Doug Klein. And uh, then we had one other um, filly that we've parted out. So we, we ended up with four of them. And we've bought uh, quite a few. I think we bought nine or ten last year. But, um, you know, you kind of set a number on what you think things are worth and running. And um, I felt like the sale was pretty good. I don't know their numbers. I don't know if they were up or down or what. But it seems like the ones I liked went for a little more than I was hoping. Yeah, the sale was up. Uh, the average yearling was up 24%. So was, yeah, I uh, felt like it was. I didn't know any numbers, mm-hmm. but I, you know, last year a lot of <laughs> horses I liked. Uh, you know, I bought uh, for eight or ten or twelve, and was very pleased with the purchases. And this year they were flying by us pretty good. But um, that's good. That's good for the industry. Uh, if uh, the numbers are up, is is positive for that. A couple other records Frank has, Vince. Uh, Seven, uh, well, he's second in training titles, but seven's a lot for Emerald yeah. Downs history. And he won the first five races on that Saturday a few years ago. It was right about this time of year, too. Yeah. It was it was yeah. late in the season, and yeah, boy. Tied, tied the state record there for wins on in one day, five wins. Yeah, Frank has had uh, quite the run. Um, I think he, he set the record for most wins in a meet. That's that right. Too, with, with about 66, was it? No, that was... I think it was more like 80. Yeah, that's right. 81. 81. Thanks, Frank. Yeah, we're we're supposed to be the publisher. 66 was the record. 66 was the record. I think Frank had like 81 wins in about 40-something days. It was just an awesome show. That was amazing. That was a fun year. I kind of see when I talked about emulating things, but that hasn't 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 come close to that, Bill. Sometimes uh, things just fall your way and things happen positive with the so. condition book all the races come up and all that stuff right yeah i mean you it, you know a lot of it is about that and you get uh you know there's been a lot of days i've entered five or six horses and the three that i just would love to get in don't get in and then you're re-rallying and looking for different spots and when the book uh when when your races go and you're and the races you're pointing for go that that you're aiming at, uh, you do have better success. So you know it's uh, there's there's a lot of things that come into play to to having a really good meet. And uh, what about Keeneland? You usually have little presence there for uh, yearlings. Is that going to happen again here? Yeah, we leave actually two days after our meet ends on okay. the twentieth, and we'll catch the last three days. We. We go the last three days and try to find some horses that uh, you know they're they're in that five to twenty five thousand range. And mm-hmm. I bought Deschambeau and JC's a legend there last year, and and um, you know they're decent horses. And you bet. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that. I got sticking it to the man. She's running an allowance race tomorrow. Philly, we bought there, and yeah, we've had. Uh, we, you know, it's like anything. We get some really good buys, and you get some horses that uh, don't turn out so well. But we're looking forward to the trip. It's a fun trip. And yeah. Chris Randall, and, and we go every year, and we have a pretty good program and, and the way we kind of go about it. And it, it's a fun three or four days. And it's a lot of work. We're out in the ring there from like 930 in the morning until the end, which is 6, 630. We're just... Uh, Looking at horses. Yeah. So, anyway. Well, 
That's a great routine. And uh, bringing them back to Emerald Downs for racing the next yeah. season. That's that's fantastic. So, you know, your routine the last couple of years, you've uh, gone to Remington and then to Texas in the winter. I think you started with the Sam Houston meet maybe in uh, 2020. But uh, what's your plans uh, when this meet ends this year? Well, what I'm going to do is go to uh, Turf Paradise okay. and uh, and just load up at Turf Paradise, uh, probably um, – just stable there and maybe ship a few to Santa Anita if I feel the need to run over there. And then also in January, Sam Houston starts. So I'm not uh, sure what I'm going to do yet. If I have people that want to go back there, we sort of got out of there for a while. I didn't really want to do Remington park this year. Mm -hmm. We did Sam Houston and Lone Star. And so um, if I have the people that want to go back in January, I would go back there for that meet as well. Well, Turf Paradise, the purses have been up nicely there the past couple of meetings. So that has to be a little more attractive, huh? Yeah, it is. They have, uh, I guess they have a contract for three years with the purses being up. And last year was the first year. So they have a couple more years and they have a nice long meet. They they run 130 days and and it's a good timing for Emerald Downs. It's actually a very good fit for Emerald. They start first of November and end the first week of May. They start on Breeders' Cup and end on kentucky derby weekend and for emerald downs meet that's a that's a perfect fit and f turf and dirt so if you do have turf horses you can accommodate there as well so it's it's a good fit for for me and, and our horses fit well there so it's, it makes sense to yep. bring a few more horses there and try and have a good meet there yep I was talking to Scott Tubbs, Jeff Metz's assistant. Him and his wife do are really like this, going to Phoenix in the winter and Seattle in the summer at Emerald Downs. And, Frank, that is should really be a great circuit uh, between the two. You got Phoenix, uh, Arizona, and Seattle, Washington, and the weather is nice for both meets. I think uh, that could be a great way to go for a lot of horsemen. It, it's awesome. I uh, I don't. Uh, I have family and people that stay up here all winter and get now eight months of rain, and they always complain. And I say I can't complain too much. I catch I catch Phoenix right when it's cooling down, and right when it starts heating up, I'm out of Phoenix and back up here. So I have a on top of it's a good business situation. It's not a bad way to go. Just if a guy was wanting to get weather you know get in the right exactly so yeah so it's been uh it's been uh, it's pretty good it's a it's a good fit that's for sure for sure and uh frank was part of that winning team of the emerald downs golf tournament earlier this week with his son michael who carries the ball about 290 on the fly and dean mazuka who's a fine golfer and darren paul one of your clients uh you guys won by eight shots wow uh, take it easy next year i think you won by seven last year but uh you you guys must have all come together this week huh you know what it was amazing i mean i i also i took you know we shouldn't even put this score down (laughs) you know nobody's believe us but but if you play with dino you'll believe it because there's no phony business going on but but i mean yeah we had we had four eagles um we had Incredible. we sunk we sunk everything we had long putts and drilled them we had uh i mean it was uh even dino said i've played in a bunch of scrambles and with a lot better golfers than myself and guys that he played with and that's 18 it's that's just a tough 
thing to do. It just it, was, it was one of those days. It is that that's tremendous. Uh, four eagles, and of course they birdie or they eagled all three of the par fives, and then eagled one of the par fours. Wow, well, Joe, you're yeah. a good golfer. Where'd your four? We finished finish? uh, nine under. Um, we were going along pretty good. I thought we might run second. I knew Frank and Dino's team was out there that they were going to be tough to beat, but I thought if we could get to 11 under, but we parred the last four holes. So, uh, oh. 10 under was second place. There was a three way so tie. Third? No, no, there was three teams at 10 under. Oh, I so, see. Uh -huh. yeah. So, but we all tight. had a good time and, uh, um, yeah, good stuff there, Frank. Nice little break on Tuesday. That's a lot of fun. I think. The horsemen look forward to it. It's kind of a fun day and get out and forget about the horses for a little bit and yuck it up. Frank called me day. and said, what the heck? Why would you do the tournament on a Thursday? He called me a few weeks ago. You know, I'd set one date and he goes, hey, we got training that morning. We got entries on Thursday. What are you doing to us? You know, and so, yeah. but you know, Not we we did it on a Thursday the year before and it, it didn't seem to get any complaints. So, but you were right. You know, it, it, it Tuesday is the right day to do it. And we, uh, one it, of the, it's a lot more relaxing for uh, yeah. the horse. And like, for me, it's like, hey. I go golfing and then. Frank, you were right. You were right, man. There's no doubt about it. So. I'm going to have 100 phone calls and yeah. you want to move this horse there and that. And it just yeah. distracts and kind of takes away from the day. But it was an enjoyable day, that's for sure. Yeah, good job. And uh, good to catch up with you. Uh, good luck yeah. the rest of the meet. And uh, we'll see you at the track, huh? Yeah, thank you. Uh, we always need luck, I'll tell you. And then we'll uh, we'll finish up the meet here pretty soon. And we'll see if I can wrap it up with a with a Gottstein. We'll find out soon. Yep. You won Sounds that good. race. Thanks, Frank. Thank you, Frank. Thank you. Frank, All right. Frank Lucarelli joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. And uh, just uh, a one sad note, John Chitalis passed away at age 85. He grew up with Ralph Baca. They both went to Franklin High School. Uh, as the story goes, I think they both came out to Long Acres as 16-year-olds and got jobs hot walking in the stable area and they felt like they had you know found the garden of eden and john was a, a super lifelong race fan and uh, lived in in portland the last many years and but he he helped get uh, some of those jockey reunion days on mile weekend going um you know he to, he could hold his own with you and John White in a Long Acres Mile discussion. Oh, I'll say sure. that. Yeah. He he was around. He knew his history and uh John passed away uh, last week at the age of 85. So uh sad note to report there. A great race fan, a horse owner and breeder as well. All right. Uh we'll come back with our third segment in a moment on Horse Racing Northwest. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest continues as we head into our final three weekends of racing at Emerald Downs for 2022, our 27th season. So, Joe Withy, Vince Brune, Bill Downs here, and 
throwing out a few handicapping angles, things we like to look for on certain topics. How about uh, some bad beat stories, guys? Uh, Bill's frowning over there. I'll throw out one right away. I think I've told this one to Vince before, but it was 1973. And uh, I kind of went to the track a lot in 72, a little bit late in 71. Anyway, so there was a $5 exact in the last race. And I'd kind of been treading water all day. And, and I was sitting with my good buddy, Bob Tonkin, uh, pretty far toward the north end. And I bet on the ruler flirts in probably the uh, feature race. And he was kind of a low price and best hitter was way out ahead. And when they went past us, I had no chance to, to run second. But there was a long photo and somehow he ran second. And I got, you know, got some money back. I think I bet him across the board. So I had some money back for the last race. I was kind of frustrated and did, I don't know. So I, I little hair, you know, where $5 exact is. I mean, those were expensive for a young guy back then. So I bet a $30 straight exacta Lucky Glen to Kittitas Valley. I mean, that is out of character for me, but I just, you know, I was a little on tilt, I guess. This was, this was a three-year-old race at a mile. Lucky Glen was a, a good sprinter, three-year-old sprinter. Anyway, they ran the race. Lucky Glen's on the lead all the way. He's toughing it out. He's toughing it out. He's toughing it out. And Kittitas Valley is right there. And then there was a third horse and they hit the wire and Tonkin was snuck up to a TV screen because, again, we were on the north end. And he goes, oh, he gets this grimace on his face like I lost a head bob. And they put up the numbers and I lost a head bob for second. It was a three-way photo. Lucky Glenn, rare sunshine, split me, Kittitas Valley third on the bob. So... Kind of a tough beat. I was going for it that day. It would have been a lot of money for me in 1973. Vince? Uh, let Bill go. Okay. Then I'll get one. Uh, two of them. One, I was going to, out to Arlington Trackside when I was in college years to watch my team play because cable was a lot not as extensive where every basketball game basically is on regular TV or some sort of cable TV. So I went out to the track, and, and they had a twin trifecta uh, carryover. So you had to pick, you know, trifecta the mm -hmm. first leg and then how many combinations you had going into the uh, second leg. So I felt pretty good. Uh, you know, had a little bit of money to go out and play that because there was a huge carryover. It was like 130 something thousand. So the, the money was going up big time. And I only had one combination. I somehow I missed my first leg, but I, I played it and the First, le first horse in the second uh, leg of the try hit. The second leg hit as well. And, of course, lost the photo for, for third. And nobody hit it that day. Ooh. And it was it was well it was six figures. I might have I might have been the only ticket. You never know because you know you don't know. Photo for third. Photo huh? for third. Yeah, you know, harnesses. And I'm just like you got to be kidding me. That and then of course uh, I like to play in those handicapping contests and therefore uh, you always have a couple of those. Uh, over the years and Saratoga had a big uh, two day handicapping contest, like a Wednesday, Thursday. I was at Ellis park at the time. So I traveled from, um, I traveled from Evansville, Indiana. I, I, I don't know what I did. I, you know, I had to connect. I had to go up to Albany and play in that contest. And I'm in contention. I'm in third going into the last leg. 
and there was a horse at Arlington. It was before the the some if anyone played the Saratoga contest back then, I think it was before that they had you know had a you had one bet that was like a double bet. So it was before that. This is why I kind of knew that I uh, I would have won the contest. Horse at Arlington, closer too. So it's not a speed horse. Closer coming up the inside or coming on the outside, I think. And inside the 16th pole, we're talking probably even like 50 yards to the finish. Um, horse gets the lead and then he hangs and he, he loses he loses the front end. And I found out that the, the other two people who were in front of me did not have this horse and it was like the last race of the contest. Mm. So I would have won the, mm. I probably would have won the contest. I probably was 95, 95% sure I would have won the contest. You know, NHC How spots, much? NHC spots and 50,000 50. for, 50, for 50, first place. 50,000. So a lot of what it could have, should have over the boy. years. But now that you made, you made me think back, uh, I gave you both stories. So okay. there you go. Oh, mine didn't cost me as much money as that, but it still hurt at the time. It was a, I believe it was a Friday night at Hollywood Park. This was probably about 1995, and a feature race was a seven and a half furlong dirt race, one of those ones that practically started out on Century Boulevard there <laughs> yes. in Inglewood. And I really liked Let the Big Hoss Roll, and he was, Chris McCarron was getting on, and he was going to be a price. It was a really tough field. I think it was like a $65,000 classified allowance. Um, so I did a pick three, three by three by one, and I got really lucky in the first leg, a 27 to one shot. I think AC Avila was the trainer, got up. So now I'm really in business. The second leg, I think was like five to one. I got that home. And now I'm cashing out to let the big hoss roll on a three times, I think it was $760 Ooh. per, per dollar. Mm -hmm. But only did I notice before the race that this uh, mutual equipment was a little more primitive back in that day. And I think Ed Bartell, I think that was the name of the mutual clerk up in the <laughs> press box. You might remember him at Hollywood. Big guy. Um, the person who was betting right in front of me had bet a Golden Gate coincidentally pick three. So, and all the same numbers were in play. So, he had pinched me out a Golden Gate pick three oh, ticket. And it was only before the race I noticed it. And I got a real sinking feeling, and uh, I don't have to tell you the rest. Let the big hoss roll. He ran one of the great races of all time. <laughs> he shook off like three different bids and got there by about a head. And I, boy, that was a long ride home that night. Uh, it wasn't fifty grand, but it was still two thousand, which was uh, yeah. a lot of money. And it yep. was a great handicap, and everything worked out perfect on my uh, ticket, except the track was wrong so always check your tickets yeah that's why i like that is the old bad. adw because that way you can only blame one person yourself that's correct getting upset and you know that's a good point because for a while there i was kind of mad i didn't say anything to ed he was a nice guy the mutual yes, clerk uh, but then you know he he clicked in, you know what it was my fault i didn't check the ticket you're supposed so, to yeah they always yeah. say check your tickets before you leave and i always and i do when i actually use a mutual clerk and i don't care if if it's close or not, I'll sit there and I'll look at it before I leave because yep. otherwise, very good you, policy. Because if you do, if you if you leave and then it becomes, you know, other people are trying to get there. If you stay there, that way you can actually say, "Hey, make the change." Yeah, screwed up here. Let's change it, or what? I screwed up. Whatever. But yeah, just that, one of the many ways to lose. Yep, there's a thousand <laughs> ways to lose. Only one way to win. That that is a rough one. <laughs> Okay, and I, and by the way, I had a thirty-five dollar exact on Lucky Glenn Street ah. exact. <laughs> I do remember that. Okay, some bad beat stories. We've all got a few of those. 
So let's go on to some selections for this weekend. Uh, Bill, what do you what do you like this weekend? And good pick on Prospera. You you were strong on her. There was a scratch that knocked her price down a little bit, but uh, she won that race last Saturday night. And also give you credit for Annette Marie, a thirteen to one winner in the Washington Cup Juvenile Philly Sprint, which you gave out on Handicapper's Corner. And I hope we might have had a dime or two on her. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. You know, we had a seven to two Truck shot. announcers are allowed to bet, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that Marie was seven to two on the line. Yeah. And earlier that day, Stanwood Warrior was nine to two on the line and paid 33.40. And part of that is a lot of money comes in late on some of these favorites here and knocking them down to two to five and one to five. And some of these uh, mid-price horses ended up going soaring way, way up. Yeah. yeah, I just didn't get that driveway horse at at four, end up at four to one with with the favorite at one to five. I, that that confused the heck out of me. Well, you know, I actually like driveway a bit. I do. Too. I, I, the reason being, and and not because I think maybe it's such a brilliant horse, but I really thought the horse would be finishing. And with two-year-olds, like we talked earlier, you yeah. know, you need to be finishing late because that six and a half is quite a ways going Don't for Don't be knocking driveway, Bill. Yeah, no, all that said, you got to... You could know, have driveway next time too, guys. I well. think I, I think it should have been <laughs> closer got, between those two, yeah. She's got so. two seconds in stakes. Well, that's wonderful. I, yeah. I, I was just was talking so. about wind betting. That's a, okay, you know, well. You want seconds and thirds. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well driveway I mean, almost got there. not knocking the horse. No. And, she and didn't win. Driveway, I got it. You know, it was interesting because at the three she looked like she was getting nothing and no. and you got to hand it to alex cruz boy he continues to ride and ride hard and he got that horse going again late it wasn't a very oh, fast race compared to the colts yeah she uh, was flying but late. she finished well yeah well let's just talk about the seventh race on saturday okay. which is an i i think a great allowance race uh going six and a half furlongs for three and up and there's all sorts of, of directions that you can go um, I think a view from a view from above is going to be dangerous in the turn back and distance might get to the front end in that race. Um, you have uh, Brady boy, a recent made an optional claiming winner for Blaine Wright and a horse that I, I kind of fancy a bit. It's all about the ride. The six horse in the race for Bonnie Jenny made a big middle move just flattened out in the stretch, but he's gotten better and better with, with racing experience and he's cutting back in distance. I think he's going to be very, very dangerous. And then there's a new shooter in here, tax code. Uh, Vince and I were talking about the, this horse before the podcast now in the barn of Shelley Crow for mischief racing purchased yeah. at the Fasic Tipton uh, racing of age sale for 75,000 won a maiden race on synthetic at Gulfstream park. Kind of interested to see how he fits in a uh, a tough tough yeah. field uh, for his uh, Emerald and Downs that, that's debut. another success story for the Emerald Racing Club. Mischief Racing is Vicky Wilson, who got uh -huh. her start several years ago uh -huh. in the Emerald Racing Club, has had great success this year heading a syndicate with Mixo, and this one I understand she owns by herself. So uh -huh. I'm really wanting to see Vicky uh, do well. She's a, a great gal, and she's having a lot of fun. And boy, does she care about horses a lot. And uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, tax code. I kind of struggle where to put that horse on the line. Yeah, and but you know, looking at the workout, certainly very fast uh, for sure. I got a forty-five yeah. and change bullet workout on August twenty-eighth. So I, I'm guessing fitness-wise, he he should. Uh, be ready because he's going to have to be because yeah. uh, there's a pretty pretty strong feeling. I didn't even mention Midnight Mojo finished right. second in the Uncle field, Shoot yeah. Derby. 
uh, might have benefited from the strong early pace, but still uh, ran a bang up race, uh, finishing well up the rail uh, for trainer Tom Wenzel. But I like I like it's all about the ride would be my uh, my top pick on on Saturday in that seventh race. Yeah, that's mine as well. Uh, made a nice move in the Muckle Shoot Derby, and you know on the turn, uh, was talking with owner Craig Fredrickson afterwards, and. I thought he was going to win. I said, well, he was making a heck of a move. And then he did flatten out going a mile on the 16th. But his sprints have been super strong. He's won at the distance, won the stake, Irish day. Yep. And uh, he can show tactical speed. But, yeah, tax code by Spitestown, who's still standing for $90,000 at his age. Wasn't he the Breeders' Cup sprint winner at Lone Star, I believe, in 04? I believe so, yeah. That's a while ago. Yeah, and this horse obviously has some yeah. some quality and is nicely drawn and, you know, might have a, a nice style. No love for Brady Boy, you guys, huh? Yeah, well, looks like he's got some talent, that's for sure. He's got talent. I just, there's just others in here. I would, I, you know, yeah. I like a view from above. I like, it's all about the ride. Probably those are my top two. After that, he, I think he, I put him third. Mm-hmm. So I guess it would also kind of depend on how the odds actually play out. We were kind of debating before the podcast yep. in terms of you struggled with the outside horse. Well, you know, it's it's di- it's a difficult race to make a line. I'll give you that. I didn't envy you at all having to do that. To, it is. That line. But I finally said, you know, Brady Boy's got the high profile barn. Yeah. Lane right. Yep. And people look at those buyers. Let's face it. And yep. that was a pretty handy win last time. And uh big step up in class here. Big though. step up in class. But, you so, know, he dropped from a, a winner's race against winners to go in that main national yeah. claiming race. And he obviously took care of business and did it well. And yeah, the, you know, speed figures are uh, something you always got to uh, take into account with uh, making the line. And he's certainly at the top of the near or at the head of the class in terms of. Uh, by yeah. our speed Fun figures. talking about a race with a lot of depth. Like yes, that. absolutely. What is the line in that race? What? I think uh, five to two on Brady Boy, three to two on It's All About the Ride. Seven, three to two? Three to one. Three to one. Sorry. And then seven to two on tax code. Okay. Those are the top three. And it, it could go a lot different than that, like we're talking. So that'll be interesting. Okay. Three-year-olds and up with mostly three-year-olds in there. March on Lynch, the only four-year-old in that uh, seventh race on Saturday at Emerald Downs. Okay, there's a couple of selections from the same race. How about uh, some sports shorts, fellas? Uh, I can kick it off. Alex Cruz is our leading rider and really a strong favorite right now to go three for three in his Emerald Downs career with titles. Uh, we've got a little trend going on here of our leading rider not really kicking butt in stakes races. Mm-hmm. Alex has one stake win this year. Last year. in sevens. Yeah. Last year as leading rider, he had two. And his first year as leading rider, 2020, he had no stakes wins. Gary Wales kind of did that too. Gary Wales, leading rider in 2019, one for 26 in stakes. And in, in the last seven seasons, only one Leading jockey has led in stakes, and of course we know who won three titles in a row previous to the years we just mentioned, was Rocco Bowen. He did lead in 2018 with six stakes wins, but he won two titles before that and didn't have... uh, Yeah, because he wasn't riding a lot for Lucarelli and and Blaine Wright, Rocco Bowen. That's right, those two guys. So they're making money, the leading rider for sure, having good seasons, but they don't that doesn't necessarily translate into... So you're telling us just throw them out in stakes races? Having that, that best saying? horse in your barn. Throw out Alex in stakes on Golden <laughs> Day? 
is let's see, he's three for uh, forty-eight wow. in stakes. But uh, I mean, we all admire Alex Cruz. Sure. He he gives a great effort out there. We'll see who he's on. Uh, sport short, Bill. All right. Well, it's uh, plural today, and uh, first off, let's talk about our Seattle Mariners taking care of business in Detroit, taking out the the Detroit Tigers to a task and just crushing them. Uh, now they got uh, their, their 15 over 500. They got the the Indians or the Commanders, Guardians, Guardians whatever they are. It'll take me a couple of years to get those right. But they just did well against them when they were at uh, Seattle. And then, of course, the last 20 games of the year, the, the Mariners don't play a team over 500. Hmm. And like the last, I know they finished with four against uh, the Tigers. Yeah, again, and the Athletics are, are at that final home stand yeah, as well. They're, so in, they're in great shape, it, and the pitching has been outstanding. And uh, I'm looking forward to the Mariners uh, making the playoffs for the first time since 2001. Bill, Bill probably thinks the Mariners are really good. Hey, Have I a, was there when they were stinky, <laughs> nine under 500. I was going to the game, so I don't want to hear it. What I'm not saying a runner. I'm just huh? saying you. Oh, prob- this year. This year. No, I was saying you there. probably. This is the first year in town. You think they're a heck of a franchise? Well, yeah, I mean, we were talking. I remember when I first took the job, and we were just uh, talking about the Mariners, and you were saying, "Yeah, that guy Julio Rodriguez is pretty darn good." And I'm like, yeah. "All right, let's you know, start watching a little bit." And and you yeah, know, he's got a huge contract. Also, NBA. There was a big trade announced. Donovan Mitchell from the uh, Jazz to the Cavs in Cleveland. So he'll now being the same backcourt as uh, one of the best uh, young guards in the game and Darius Garland and Evan Mobley, a strong uh, uh, young player from uh, was a USC. And then you got uh, Jared Allen. That is a quartet. Now the East is loaded. You got you know, obviously Boston, Milwaukee with Giannis, uh, Brooklyn, because everything's going to be back to normal, allegedly, uh, with that team. Uh, Philadelphia as well. So the East is loaded, but uh, that puts uh, Cleveland East in the mix, they had to trade for uh, uh, Sexton, Laurie Markkinen. They drafted some guy in the, with the 14th pick, sent him out the door, three unprotected uh, first-round picks, some pick swaps as well. But you get Donovan Mitchell, you you put yourself right in the mix in the East. And one sad note for me, uh, a friend of mine, Alan Dinkinson, uh, affectionately known as Dink, uh, passed away at the age of 69. Uh, he is uh, something else. Uh, there was a movie made about about uh, Dink uh, called Lay the Favorite, made it, uh, and, and Bruce Willis actually played hmm. Dink. And uh, Dink was something else. He was a bookmaker for a while. Um, then he went to the side of the professional gambler. He's probably one of the best hockey uh, sports uh, gamblers out there. He loved hockey. He he just, he hammered away on hockey. He loved hockey altogether. He cashed in a World Series of Poker bracelet event. He cashed in the NHC. And the horse racing connection, uh, he was a big horse player as well, but uh, he raised a ton of money for the Southern California Thoroughbred Rescue Organizations. Uh, just uh, countless uh, donations made. He would, uh, you know, give you picks and just say, hey, make a donation uh, to uh, the SoCal Thoroughbred Rescue Organizations in uh, as payment, if you will. And so he did a lot of that in his last, uh, you know, 10 years of his life. But Alan passed away. He was in hospice for a while um, and passed away at 69 uh, earlier this week. So uh, rest in peace, Dink. Hmm. I, I noticed must, on Twitter. I know the name. I noticed on Twitter he was 
friends with about half the world. Everyone had a nice story to yeah. tell hmm. and a selfie with them or something. And just seemed like I didn't know him, but he seemed like one of those guys that uh, a very beloved figure. Well, give you a quick uh, another little story about Dink. I was supposed to go with uh we're gonna meet he lives out he lived out in vegas and i was down in florida and and then the pandemic hit we were gonna go on like a wrestling pro wrestling you know uh, wrestlemania week now was was down in tampa we were gonna go to all these shows um just one right after another uh you know wednesday thursday friday saturday and then of course the pandemic hit and all the shows were canceled and we never got to do that uh that wrestling uh little tour if you will um but you know, Alan Dink was you know taking me in, and you know, going to introduce me to everybody. And I was so sad when when obviously when the pandemic hit, and everything got canceled. But uh, you know, just shows you if you have an opportunity to do something and you can do it, do it because you know st- stuff like that can happen, uh, pandemic or health, and and then you lose that opportunity. But uh, you know, rest in peace, Dink. And uh, a friend of mine, and I know some other people who are much closer friends, are very, very sad this week. Yeah, sounds like oh. a great guy. Um, this this week, we start a new distance here at Emerald Downs, a mile and 70 yards, which is kind of in between a mile and a mile and a 16th. So I remember last offseason, I did some research on it when they had talked about it. And I think I said at the meeting, 28 tracks, 24 tracks within the last three years have run at that distance. I'll do them real quick. Arapahoe, Belterra, Canterbury, Delaware Park, Evangeline, Fairgrounds, Fairmount, Finger Lakes, Fawner, Fort Erie, Hawthorne, Louisiana Downs, Monmouth Parks, Penn National, Pleasanton, Prairie Meadows, Presque Isle, Remington Park, Sam Houston, Thistledown, Will Rogers, Woodbine, and Zia. And now Emerald Downs. we got a terrific uh, uh, feature race on Sunday, 31,000 featuring Sluice Tiz was the mile winner. So uh, the what do you guys... Uh, think the North American record is for one mile and 70 yards. Any guesses? Um, let's see. Mile and 16th is 30, 39 or something. Mile is 32. So um, 130, 138 flat. I say a little lower. Oh, yeah, than it's got to be lower than that. But no, that's pretty darn good. It's huh? 137.90. Okay. Okay. A horse called With Probability, a son of Wild Again. This was in 2000, December 8, 2005, at the Meadowlands in a $39,000 allowance race with uh, George Velez riding for trainer Mark Hennig. With Probability went a mile and 70 yards in 137.90. Hmm. Well, so we, that's, didn't, we didn't say Price is Right, uh, you know, so Joe does win on that one. Well, so. you said a little lower, too. I said a little lower, but... You, go, you, know, you both were terrific. If it was Price is Right, uh, then... Joe, uh, Joe did work. it scientifically, yeah. which was the right way right. to do it, yeah. figuring it out there. Yeah. But yeah, so I don't think we'll have a time like that, certainly tomorrow, but Sunday will be interesting to oh, see the you timer. Never, yeah, exactly. Because we got some good horses going a mile 70. Yep, absolutely. Tis whiz a chance for a track record. Yeah. All right, so there's our sports shorts. Let's uh, finish it off with trivia. Last week uh, at Long Acres, Vince uh, brought out that fact that Sluice Tiz was Papa's golden boy, the first one to finish among Washington breads in the mile at Emerald Downs. How about it, Long Acres? You got to go back. That was the question. What was the most recent time it happened? It was 1961, Sparrow Castle, who set the state record with stakes wins at one meeting with six. 
He beat Dusky Damien, couple Washington breads in the 61 mile, way back when. I uh, didn't get any correct answers on that one. The new question, this is a pretty tough one too. It's been at least 50 years. I've gone back that far. 50 years or more. Uh, what is the only year since the last 50 years that the Longacres Mile has had an entirely new field from the previous year? So no returning runners. It's only happened one time in 50 years that no previous year runners were in the mile. Send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. Thanks for listening to us, Joe, Vince, and Bill here on Horse Racing Northwest. <laughs>